0: I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back. Now, in my last episode, I was talking about relative strength and that was strength in relation to your body weight. And if you've watched any of the previous episodes, you'll know that I've been discussing our strength progression pyramid. Which is a tool that we use at Storm Fitness Academy for developing clients over time in their strength and conditioning. And it utilizes something called periodization, which is probably a, an over-over-complicated word in the strength and conditioning world, and we've created this pyramid to really simplify that so that your clients continue to get progress and they avoid overtraining and, and overuse injuries, etc. So as I said, This episode is all about absolute strength. So what is absolute strength? Well, absolute strength is all about what is the maximum amount of force you can produce. And the sport of powerlifting has been kind of assessing that in their competitors for for years. And it does it across three lifts, the barbell back squat, the barbell bench press, and the barbell deadlift. And the idea with that sport is you attempt to lift as much weight as you can for one rep on each of those lifts and then your kilos that you achieve on each lift are calculated and added up and the total is your score. So that is definitely a measurement of absolute strength. Now obviously that's very specific to those three lifts and because you could have very, very good absolute strength in one lift but not necessarily so much in another. But it is specific. Now, why is that important? What are the benefits? Well, if you're an athlete, in fact, let's start there. Let's start with athletes. If you're an athlete, the more force you can produce, the greater you're gonna perform in your sport. Now, obviously it's dependent on the sport, but most sports now will have a strength element to them. So if you can put a lot of force into the ground, which could be measured in a barbell back squat, if you can put a lot of force into the ground, the chances are you can also jump quite high and sprint quite fast. If you can put a lot of force through your arm, as in like during a chest press or a bench press, the chances are you can punch quite hard. So there's gonna be lots of sports where this strength element's gonna be important. Grappling in you know, mixed martial arts, that's gonna be important. If you need to throw somebody in in a sport, then that's gonna be important, tackling. So strength's very, very important, or absolute strength's very, very important for athletes, but also non-athletes, because I can think of a client that I trained years ago called Mick, and he told me one day that he was really excited because he'd been to the tip and he'd managed to lift more garden waste bags than he ever could have done in the past. Now I'm really, when I do my programming for my clients, I record everything. I always write a program and I always record what we do within the session. Have done for years. So I feed back to my client all the time anyway about how well they are doing and how much weight they're lifting. So anyone that trains with me will always know if they're getting stronger but what Mick did was give me some real-life context as to, yeah, all right, he's getting stronger in the gym, but how is that impacting his day-to-day life? And that was a really good example. He was able to pick up a lot more, you know, waste, garden waste than he, he could do normally, and he, you could tell by his reaction that was important to him, and he felt chuffed about it. Now, someone listening to this might think, well, that's not very impressive, but it was to him. And you know, that's the thing we have to consider individuality when we train people. You know, that was a very, very important goal for him. And, 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 I'm, over, and I'm now 44. <laughs> I know it's the same sort of stuff myself. I love seeing things like that. I find if I can, um, you know, still climb trees with my kids and play football with my son and, you know, lift, up, lift things around the garden, etc. Well, at my age, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm chuffed about that. So absolute strength is going to carry over into everyday life for non-athlete as well as athletes now the other benefits you're going to get from just general absolute strength training is the sort of stuff that you're going to get from doing all types of strength training actually and that is you're going to build up your musculoskeletal health so again if you haven't watched previous episodes you want a refresher your musculoskeletal health is basically your bone density so the more resistance training we do, the more dense our bones become. So they're less likely to fracture, less likely to get osteoporosis when you grow up, or is it when you get older, not when you grow up, when you get older. You're also going to increase the thickness of your tendons and your ligaments. Your tendons attach muscle to bone and your ligaments attach bone to bone. So when you have those around a joint that will enhance joint stability. If they're stronger, more robust, your joints are more stable, you're less likely to injure, and you will produce more force. And something else as we get older, we get something called sarcopenia, which means that our muscles naturally will atrophy, get smaller as we get older, but by doing strength training, we counter that aging effect. So we reduce the risk of sarcopenia, which obviously, you know, if your muscles are getting smaller, you're not as strong, life becomes, trickier more day-to-day tasks that you would have done previously with ease become harder so it does impact your quality of life so just remember that yes the benefits of increasing your absolute strength are going to be great for sport it's also going to be good for your day-to-day quality of life but it's also going to be great for your musculoskeletal health programming so if you've got a client and you've been working with them for quite a while now, you've been working through various phases of strength training or resistance training, and now you're like, mm, I think it's time to, to increase that weight, reduce the reps, and, and get them used to lifting some heavier weights, then this is where you can start to bring in some absolute strength training. And my go-to programs for this are the 5x5 and the 5 and quite simply because they work. They are tried and tested and they work. And and so many strength programs out there are very, very complicated. They seem complicated, whereas f- these programs are very, very simplistic. So before I talk about those, let me just talk about the general guidelines anyway for absolute strength training. So in the great words of Aristotle, I think it was Aristotle that said this, you are what you repeatedly do. So if you want to get good at lifting heavy stuff, you need to regularly lift heavy stuff. Uh, sounds pretty obvious. So by practicing moving heavy weight, whether that's over your head, you know, lifting off the ground, pressing it away from you, pulling it towards you, you will get better at doing that. Now the average person Untrained person can voluntarily tap into about 30% of their strength potential, which means we've got muscles that we haven't learned how to recruit yet. And we learn how to recruit those through strength training. Now, if you think about that, it's a percentage, it's 30%. That means that with training, you can be three times stronger without gaining any more mass. So think about that from an athletic potential, but think about it from just a day-to-day life potential. You are the same person, but you're three times stronger. I mean, that's, that's like becoming a superhero, a Marvel superhero, taking you know, the Captain America injection and suddenly you're three times stronger. But that is, that's the potential that an untrained person could have. So as I said, you know, untrained people, thirty percent. But then, highly trained elite level lifters, they reckon—I'm not sure who they are—but the general consensus in the strength and conditioning world is that they can access about ninety-five percent of their strength potential. Which you know, if you go online, you Google um, world-class Olympic lifters, world-class powerlifters. You look at some of the lower weight classified uh, guys. And they are tiny, but they're chucking crazy weight above their head, so you can see how that, that is possible. Very, very interesting. So with programming, we need to get used our body needs to get used to, used to living, lifting, sorry, heavy weight. So we're talking about reps, no more than five. So reps of, you know, heavy singles, doubles, triples, four or five reps, but no more. That doesn't mean you're not going to get stronger if you live more than that, but we're trying to get our brain to recruit more fibres um, from you know what we have. And the optimal range for that is when the weight is very, very heavy. So if you can do several reps of it, then it's probably not heavy enough. So that's why we're looking at that sort of one to five rep range. Now, when it comes to sets, you know, we're looking at three to five. Now, of course, with these guidelines, you're always gonna to have to find programs that will be slightly contrary to what I'm saying. And I am just talking about what is the optimum. So what can we be doing that has got some evidence out that suggests this is probably the best way of doing it, but there's always gonna be anomalies or other ways of doing things. So we're, going to, we're talking one to five reps, three to five sets, rest periods, can be as little as two minutes in between, although I would suggest that's still probably a little short, Uh, and as much as, I mean, our guidelines are three to five minutes. That's, that's, That's what we teach, three to five minutes. But there's a lot of coaches out there that will say, actually, for full recovery, you can go as long as 15 minutes. 15 minutes between sets, can you imagine? Now, anyone that is an endurance athlete or or likes to get really sweaty and get the heart rate up when they train, you're gonna have a hard time with this phase of training. And it might not be for you. You know, it might be that you just, you don't wanna train like this and you know, you, you you don't do this phase of training because there's a lot of standing around. You might do two or three reps of a really heavy weight and then you're waiting around for three to five minutes. Now, my advice to you, if that really does drive you mad, um, which, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not very good at doing nothing. Uh, I tend to do mobility in between, so I'll work on some stretches and things like that. And, you know, someone will counter that and argue and say, well, you know, you're, you're going to kick in your trigger, your parasympathetic nervous system if you do that, uh, which isn't going to be ideal for strength development. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I like to do something in between. So that's your rest periods, three to five minutes. And uh when it comes to time under tension, we don't need to worry about this so much other than keep it low, keep it keep it short, sorry. So you know it might be that your your set your set is likely to take less than 20 seconds, you know, 10 seconds if that to, to conduct all the reps. So just to recap: one to five reps, three to five sets, and uh three to five minutes rest in between. And there we go. So um when it comes to my go-to programs, I really like the 5x5 and the 5 through one because they're simple um, and they're tried and tested. So let's go with the 5x5 first. The 5x5 method is, if you Google it, you'll see tons of variations of it, but they're all pretty much working around the same protocol where there's workout A and there's workout B. Both workouts kick off with a barbell back squat. And you 're going to be doing five reps times five sets, so relatively high volume there five by five. you do that you have your three to five rest three to five minute rest in between sets, then you move on to your next exercise and for workout a your second exercise is a barbell bench press, five reps, five sets, three to five minutes rest in between each set. then your third exercise is going to be a barbell bent over row. Again, five reps, five sets. So it's only three exercises. Now, if you think that's five sets with quite long rest periods in between, that's probably all you want to do for that session. And again, I know if you're listening, you're thinking, what? Three exercises in a session? That's ridiculous. But it's a lot of sets. It's a lot of weight. You, it's not about fatiguing the muscles. It's about training your brain to lift heavier weight. Think quality, not quantity. Now, if you really want to, you can add some assistance exercises on. So you might want to put on some exercises that can assist those lifts. So if you know that your bench press is a limiting factor in your strength, your absolute strength, you might whack in some isolation work for the flies, or you might put in some work for the triceps. So by all means, add on some of those, you know, three, three times 10 sets or 12 or 15, whatever something a bit more sort of hypertrophy based. You can add that on, but you don't have to. So that's workout A. Workout B, kick off with a barbell back squat again. Five reps, five sets, three to five minutes rest. And then your second exercise, you're going to do a barbell overhead press. Five reps, five sets, three to five minutes rest. Your third exercise, you're going to do a barbell deadlift. And this is five reps, but just one set. And the idea is, is that, well, it's a big movement. You know, you've already kicked off with back squats. You don't wanna be doing five sets of deadlifts. It's a, a, a big, big movement. So just a really good quality single set of five reps. And you're gonna repeat this because on workout A will be Monday, workout B will be Wednesday. On Friday, you'll then start workout A again. So you just keep cycling between workout A and workout B. So there we have it, three exercises per workout, five reps times five sets, apart from your deadlift on workout B. So that's your five by five. As I said, very, very simple, but just remember, it's it's following the Aristotle principle. It's getting you and your client used to lifting heavy weight so your brain gets better at recruiting more fibers that you already have. Now onto the 531. So this is often called the Wendler 531 because uh, I think it's Jim Wendler was the guy that designed this program. This is actually based on four sessions a week. So if you do want to progress onto four, this is a nice progression. And it kicks off every session with a core lift. So you'll have maybe a back squat on a Monday, uh, a bench press on a Tuesday, Wednesday off, Thursday a deadlift, Friday could be the overhead press. And then all the exercises that follow that core left core lift complement the core lift. So if it's a squat day, you can do exercises that complement the squat. So things that work your, you know, your quads and your glutes, etc. On the bench press day, you're going to follow that with exercises that complement the bench press. So pec exercises, tricep, anterior deltoids. Thursdays you're going to follow the deadlift with exercises that complement the deadlift so you know lots of hamstring lower back work etc and then on the Friday you're going to follow the shoulder press with exercises that complement that so think about your deltoids so anterior medial posterior a lot of tricep work so there we go that's the four sessions and I quite like this because it is it's quite nice to just focus on one area Although I do tend to really like the total body approach to training, this Wendler 531 is really good at just getting you strong in those lifts. Now, where does the 531 bit come from? Well, week one is five sets. So you could do that as a five by five if you wanted, um, but typically it's gonna be three good working sets, three good quality working sets of five reps. Week two, you up the weight and you reduce the reps down to three. So you'll do three good reps. Week three, you'll do five reps again on the first set, three reps on the second set, and then on your third set, you're gonna do a big heavy single. And then a week four, we do what's called a deload where you strip things back. You can half the volume, so half the set, you can half the intensity. You just make it an easy session. So you go through the movement patterns, you do the exercises, but you make it for a very comfy session. Then you can come back and you can repeat it all again for another four weeks, but hopefully with heavier weight because your body's adapted and you're stronger. Now with regards to the reps and sets, so don't forget um, for the rest of the exercises, you don't necessarily have to stay in the strength reps and set guidelines because that's what that first exercise is doing. So the rest of exercises could be more you know, functional strength, looking at the sort of six to eight reps um, and you know, doing more three or four sets for each one. That's your options there. So I like that one. So f- as I said, five by five is two workouts cycled across your week. So you're working at three times a week and it's kind of total body work, total body approach. But the Wendler 531 then just progresses things with, that, with a bit more frequency, an extra session, really focusing on, on one core lift each session and building up to doing heavy, heavy singles. So um, I like it, it's a good approach. So that when I'm training clients, I work, the, I work them through my pyramid. So we kick off with stabilization, we build their endurance. We then go on to looking at more functional strength sorry functional hypertrophy then we go on hypertrophy and then we go relative strength and then absolute strength. So that is everything I really want to talk about with regards to absolute strength. So I suppose my last kind of little um, caveat I should mention um, because I have discussed this in previous episodes but in case you haven't watched them is I don't recommend people just jump in on this phase of training. This is Think about all the other phases of training, building to this phase. If you just jump in at this phase, A, you won't get as many benefits from it as you would if you'd done the previous phases, but you're also extremely likely to hurt yourself and get injured, so work your way up. You have to train to train. You have to, you know, do your time in the other phases to to kind of earn the right, really, to, to work in these higher phases. It's just a sensible approach. Don't rush your progressions. You don't need to. Like, who cares? Just build, progress. You know, play the long game. You know, slow and steady wins the race, basically. Just work on that stability. Build some good muscle endurance. Get some good functional hypertrophy. Build a bit more muscle mass with hypertrophy. Get some relative strength going. Get used to chucking your own body weight around. And then get used to chucking some heavy, heavy weight around. Alright, so in the next episode, I'm going to talk about power. How can we develop power? What is power? How can we measure it? How can we assess it? Why is it useful? How do we program for it for our clients? Hope you find that useful. And don't forget, you know, you always feel free to go back through previous episodes if I'm making reference to other previous episodes. Um, Number one, it was very popular. got a lot of feedback, good feedback from the first one, all about happy hormones. And I think think really it's almost like a prerequisite to watch episode one before listening to anything else because it's the basis for everything I talk about. It's why do we actually train and how can we get a release of happy hormones? What specific happy hormones are there that we get from training? And and then it kind of makes everything else, it makes everything else more sense, you know, makes sense. You know what I mean. All right, I've talked enough. Okay, hope you have a lovely day. Um, I'm now off for a lovely walk. See you again soon. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website, www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk, fill out a contact form, that will come straight to me, I will contact you shortly afterwards and I look forward to speaking to you then.